podcast. Hopefully you guys are having a good week and enjoying reading through 1 Samuel. Definitely a lot of interesting things that happen in 1 Samuel. There's there's so many people, so much happening that uh, it can be a little confusing, um, especially as you get into kings. It gets really confusing with all the kings, but uh, we're only focusing on 1 Samuel, 2 Samuel, so we should be okay. Not as many people to keep track of, uh, but this week we're reading through chapters 11 through 15, and in these chapters we begin to see the rise as well as the downfall of Saul, uh, which is you know, crazy that in five chapters you can see Saul being elevated to the position of king and then God, you'll, you'll read that God rejects Saul as being king, um, which is crazy. Five chapters. It happens very, very quickly in the life of Saul. Um, I forget exactly how many years Saul uh, reigns as king. It's, I believe, a shorter duration than that of, of David. Uh, so it's a very, he, he's in power for a very short amount of time when he, it's already rejected by God. Yo, it happens so quickly. Uh, but let's look at a couple things in these chapters. So in chapter 11, something that we see is that uh, Saul here at the very beginning, he shows himself to be the leader. Um, at the end of chapter 10, some people kind of despise Saul. They're like, yeah, the king is Saul. Yeah, big deal. Um, but something happens with Jabesh Gilead that Saul hears what's happening. He realizes that these people that uh, it's his job to protect are in danger. And so he very kind of violently tells people to come together. It says he took a yoke of oxen and hewed them in pieces and sent them throughout all the coast of Israel by the hand of messengers saying, whosoever cometh not forth after Saul and after Samuel, so shall it be done unto his oxen. Um, that's in verse seven of chapter 11. So he was very, uh, a little, a little violent, a little violent maybe in his, um, point, but he got his point across. He's like, Hey, if you don't come, I'm King. If you don't come and help fight for these people, this is what I'm going to do to your stuff. Um, so this is, you know, pros and cons of having a King. This is what happens. And David, uh, we're not to David yet, sorry. Samuel kind of reminds the people about that in chapter 12. Uh, but in the latter part of the verses, we see that... Um, is it here that I want to look at? Oh, yeah, yeah. In verses like 11 through 14, the people who go and fight with Saul, you know, thou there they're committed to Saul. They're like, hey, we're, we're behind you. We're going to take care of you. Those people before who were against you, who kind of despised you, let's go take care of them. Let's go do something to them. What was the plan? Um, they wanted to put them to death. Verse 12. Those men who who said, uh, shall Saul reign over us, bring them in. that We may put them to death. They're like, hey, we're going to get rid of these dissenters and be unified here. Uh, but Saul you know, does not allow that to happen. He's like, no, 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 no. There's not a man. There is not a man. There, sh there shall not a man be put to death this day, for today the Lord hath wrought salvation in Israel. Now, this is a very good point. Verse 13, Saul here is giving honor to God for the victory. That's a very good point. Uh, very, very important. Now, moving on to chapter 12. Samuel, you know, again, kind of proclaims that Saul is king. Uh, verses like 6 through 15. 
6 through 15, he's reminding the nation of how the Lord delivered them, how the Lord brought them through uh, different battles, how he brought them out of Egypt. He's reminding that, rehearsing that in their ears. And then in the latter part of the chapter, um, there's, there's this great thunder and lightning happens and it's harvest time, which you don't want thunder in lightning and rain in harvest time. And in verse 20, and Samuel said unto the people, fear not, ye have done all this wickedness, asking for a king. Uh, it turn not aside from following the Lord, but serve the Lord with all your heart and turn not aside for then shall ye go after vain things, which cannot profit nor deliver for they are vain. Um, and also, um, in verse 23, Samuel says, Moreover, as for me, God forbid that I should sin against the Lord in ceasing to pray for you, but I will teach you the good and the right way. So, God, I think it was God's plan to bring a king, but this was not the timing. And the people demanded, they wanted the king now. And so... They're the ones requesting it. They're the ones asking for it. And so there's going to be consequences to some extent for asking for a king. Now, in moving on to chapter 13, we see um, kind of the first the first offense of Saul. You know, so far, he's been good. He's been you know, praising God, honoring God. But we're going to see his first offense here in the next chapter. Um... Something I miss it here. Oh, we also actually there's two things we see here. Um, in chapter 13, first off, we see Jonathan. It says in chapter three, and Jonathan smote the garrison of the Philistines that was in uh, Geba. Geba. Verse four, and all Israel heard say that Saul had smitten a garrison of the Philistines. This is a big problem already. So, already we're seeing Saul wanting credit for himself. His son Jonathan defeated a garrison of the Philistines, and Saul begins to blow the trumpet throughout the land, saying, Let the Hebrews hear! And he tells about how his greatness, how he defeated. Now, yes, as king, he is the one in charge of everything, and so to some extent he gets to claim credit because it's his soldiers going out to fight and to do this. Uh, we've seen that with presidents and, and people throughout the years. They, they tend to take a bit of credit for it. They didn't go do the actual physical fighting, but they will take credit for the maybe the strategy or, or whatever. And so you know, it's common, but here we see we see Saul's pride because he is see, saying that Saul had smitten a garrison. And that's not the case. Uh, the next instance we see of, of a downfall, the downfall beginning of Saul, is in verses um, 8 through about <laughs> 8 through about 12, 13, where they were going to go to a battle, but Saul was told to, to wait for seven days and Samuel would come and offer a sacrifice. But Saul gets impatient and he sees that people are, um, his soldiers are getting anxious. They're, they're getting concerned. They're getting antsy. And so they began to scatter from him. And so he decides to do this offering, uh, the sacrifice in order to, um, 
kind of help his people reunite around him, but that wasn't his position. It's not something he was supposed to do. And Saul comes, it sounds like you immediately after the sacrifice is done, Saul, Samuel shows up and he's like, um, what's, um, what's um, going on here? Um, and what does it say? Oh, Samuel says, what hast thou done? What have, what have, what have you done? What, what are you doing? What have, what have you done? Uh, it, it's a problem. And Saul begins to kind of make excuses for himself. And here it is. We see God's first indication that he's going to reject Saul from being king. Uh, moving on to chapter 14 quickly. We see again, Jonathan is in a fight with the Philistines. He, he does a great, has a great victory. And his dad's kind of sitting down in, in another part, waiting around, telling the people not to eat. Um, then they finally hear that, you know, there's this tumult going on. And so they go up to fight. Uh, but there's big, big issues here to the extent that he's willing to put his son, Jonathan to death because Jonathan, uh, having not heard the a vow that his dad made, you read about the vow, um, in verses, oh, I forget where the exact verses are. I can't find them, but, um, it's in chapter 14. You'll see that, that Saul made a Maybe not a vow, but like a command that the people weren't to eat. And Jonathan touches his staff into some honey, eats the honey, and then things transpire to the point where it's like, okay, cast lots, let's see who who has sinned, who's done wrong, uh, breaking this this command. And Saul's willing to put his son to death because his son did this. And the people are like, no, 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 no. Jonathan has, has won this great victory today. He's done this. He's gone out before us. No, he's not dying. No one's going to, to die today. So, crazy. And then chapter 15 is the ultimate um, example of Saul's disobedience. His kind of getting a little too cocky and arrogant, um, depending on himself, choosing to do which part of God's commands that he wants to do. He's told in verse um, 2 and 3 to utterly destroy uh, everyone and everything that is in Amalek. And he chooses not to do that. He makes excuses for that. He keeps the king alive, Agag. He keeps the king, Agag, alive. And then... He claims that the people choose to spare the best of the sheep and the oxen and so forth so that they, they can uh, sacrifice to God. And we know from other verses that you know, God wants obedience rather than sacrifice. Um, so we see his ultimate rejection by God and the drift God not having his spirit on him begins here in chapter 15. So it's just, it's, it's sad to see, but sadly it's such an example of not even people who are in power, but just anyone when we become so confident in ourselves that we forget to obey what God says. Even the, the, a child can do this. You know, it's like, oh, I'm confident. I can, I can do this. I don't need mom and dad's help. And then trouble happens because you disobeyed. So Saul is a reminder that we need to follow what God says. Not that God's going to reject us from salvation, that that's not possible, but that maybe he won't use us in a way he could have used us if we had obeyed. Saul could have been used very differently, but he disobeyed. He didn't follow 
God's commands. And he had Samuel there reminding him, uh, the mentor kind of, reminding him, this is what you need to do. This is what God wants you to do. And still he refused and rejected doing that. So, very sad, very sad. But next up we get to shift a little bit and start seeing um, about David, which is what I'm excited about. So um, hopefully you'll stay on track. It's only one chapter a day. Pretty easy. Um, you know, if you don't have, have time to read it all at one sitting, because some of these chapters to get a little bit long, you know, break it up into two parts, or you know, don't rush through. Enjoy. You know, t- try to dig in and learn what you can about uh, these people in the Bible that we can learn from. So, have a great week, and I'll talk to you again next time on the next Study the End podcast. <laughs>